One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what I aim to do once again on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. My apologies. Once again, I'm late this week. Just had a lot on my plate. I'm not going to complain again this week. I'm actually in a much better place mentally and spiritually. I want to talk a little bit about that, though, this week. Uh, I don't even know what to call this show. Spiritual defense, spiritual maintenance, psychic maintenance, Something along those lines. I'm going to get into some of the things, you know, when we just feel depleted, beat down, attacked, you name it. What do you do? How do you handle it? Uh, Some things I did this week that helped me kind of get back on track and and reconnect with with my energy, get my energy levels up because I I was feeling pretty drained. Um, So I'm going to talk about that. And there's some relevant stuff going on in the news as well. Some interesting stories that I want to share. Uh, that I think you'll find uh, helpful and beneficial. Before I get into that, uh, again, I want to direct you to SixSenseMedia.net. Make sure you're checking out the articles and the updates there. Ray is still uh, hammering away at the the affirmation spot, the 365 days of affirmations. Check them out. It's your dose of positivity from Ray Davis. Uh, always enlightening and uplifting to hear what he has to say. And if you haven't done so already, get your free ebook. I am human and we are not who we think we are. SixCentsMedia.net slash I am human. Last plug for the crypto viewing team. I've talked to you guys about that previously. Um, man, it's it's been a journey. I am so thankful to to be a part of this team and, and what we're doing. I think it's it's cutting edge. You know, I remember watching the Farsight's Time Cross projects. And thinking that that what they were doing is pretty pretty fantastic, predicting the news one month ahead. Uh, I never thought just a, a year later that I'd be with with working with, uh, you know, with, with Dick and Daz who are 
um, viewers that were a part of that, and, and we're doing something very similar. In addition to the crypto stuff, we, we they look at the viewers go into uh, you know predict the world events each month, and I just got done. My job is to then analyze their data and present it in a in a news format like I do here on the show, uh, and look at their data and share it and compare it. Uh, so it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's eye opening. It's neat to track it, uh, you know, and it's cutting edge. This is this is new, a new format that that uh, the team's doing. And I hope it continues to take off. Uh, so just a little teaser, if you haven't done so, check out what they're doing with crypto viewing. Check out their website. You can just Google crypto viewing. And I encourage you to join uh, the Patreon site with, with the uh, information they're giving out on crypto targets and, and cryptocurrencies and uh, the current event stuff. I just did the world events for April. We just uh, I think they released it already. Um, I just put it out there uh, last week. And it's... Uh, all three viewers, all four viewers that, that, that participated this month ha had a lot of similar hits. Um, so I'll give a little teaser here. Uh, prepare for, uh, you know, I don't have a location, but, you know, possible earth-shaking stuff going on. Uh, so pay attention to that. But it's well worth checking out their content and, uh, and seeing what they have because, you know, the knowledge can be useful. It can be really useful. And like I said, it's neat to watch their process and see what they're coming up with. So that's that's my commercial for the uh, crypto viewing team. But I think what the work that, that's coming out of out of the team is, is important, and it can really help you out in, uh, in a lot of ways. All right, let's move on. I have some stuff in the news. I'm going to try to keep this show short tonight, but uh, some things in the news that I wanted to share where we at here. Let's start with Unknown Country. I haven't visited them in a while, but I really enjoy their content here. And I've seen this article floating uh, through quite a few of the feeds that I follow, but I'm going with Unknown Country's version of it right here. It's titled, Russian Special Forces Use Psychic Techniques on the Battlefield. The official magazine of Russia's Defense Ministry has published an article that described the Russian military's use of parapsychology. The Psy soldiers trained under these programs were reportedly able to telepathically convey instructions to trained dolphins, disrupt an eavesdrop on computer systems, and read the minds of enemy combatants on an active battlefield. Published in the February 2019 edition of the Russian Defense Ministry's Army Collection magazine, the article entitled Super Soldier for the Future Wars was authored by Reserve Colonel Nikolai Poroskov and outlined various combat parapsychology techniques used by military personnel in a variety of situations. In Chechnya, Russian special forces employed whole Poroskov, uh, I'm sorry, employed what Poroskov referred to as uh, metacontact technology to perform a nonverbal interrogation of the intended subject. The interrogator sees, and according to uh, Poroskov, the reliability of the interrogation was almost 100%. Special Forces personnel were also trained in counteracting similar psychic interrogations in case they were taken prisoner themselves. These psychic counter-interrogation techniques were also offered to the highest persons of the country or the leaders of large industrial and banking structures in order to preserve state or commercial secrets. Fascinating article. It goes on to talk about this stuff. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to keep reading. I was going to give my two cents, but hold on. These psychic techniques were also used to gather battlefield intelligence to uncover potential ambushes, reveal warehouses and caches of weapons, 
or supplies that may have been stashed away. Uh, interesting, the Russian soldiers were taught their telepathic abilities by interacting with dolphins. Uh, I missed a spot. It, this is similar to remote viewing techniques used by the U.S. Army's Stargate project. Interestingly, the Russian soldiers were taught their telepathic abilities by interacting with dolphins, successfully giving the... Uh, set. Why can't I read tonight? I'm sorry. Cetaceans commands that would then be carried out. Technique, as it turned out, is applicable to humans. Poroskov's article continues. Aside from transmitting concepts and thoughts telepathically, the ability could apparently be extended to disrupting technological devices. With an effort of thought, you can, for example, shoot down computer programs, burn crystals or gen in generators, eavesdrop on a conversation, or break television and radio programs and communications. All right, I'll save the rest of this for you to review. Um, you know, my, my commentary on this, I, I can't speak to how true or untrue this is as an expert, but in the little bit of research and experience I have, um, you know, and, and some of the viewers I've spoken with, um, and I haven't spoken about this article with them, but, you know, I, I know when, when Ingo Swan was coming into SRV, he disrupted some kind of technological device that was buried deep underground. He caused a lot of a lot of trouble at Stanford with some government. Uh, I forget what the technology was called, but he messed with it with his mind. Um, so I, you know, I, I believe that it is possible to mess with technology. Um, I don't know exactly how hardcore they can get in messing with people's minds, but remote viewing is a, is a means of gathering information. And I've read, you know, in the books I've read, you can do a mind probe and you can gather. And I know there's different procedures and approaches. I don't know how it works, but to gather information from somebody. So they're using fancy words like it's an interrogation, but you can have a specific target and a specific objective to gather information from somebody. And voila, there you have it. So I think that's that's uh, probably somewhat accurate in what it's talking about here. Now, I did find it interesting that they're training people to defend themselves. I think of the movie Inception here. Um you know, I don't know what those techniques are, but I would hope that there are ways to defend yourself. But sometimes what I hear in remote viewing circles is that, you know, you can learn anything about anything, anywhere, anytime, any place. So is there a real defense there that's available or are you just putting up, uh, you know, blocking mechanisms? I'm not going to go into specific details here, but there there was a time, a significant time in my life, which would have been a life-changing moment, a transitional point in my life where I still think back. I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, and I suspect that there was some kind of, there's no reason for my mind to do what it did. And I suspect that there was some kind of intervention there. Um, I don't know by who or what, but something happened. That's all I'm, I'm willing to talk about with that. But, you know, we talked to Shelly, the astral projection avatar. And I've shared some of my experiences with consciousness travel into another body. I wonder if, you know, that obviously disrupts your own consciousness. So I, maybe there's something to this, to getting in and, and manipulating minds and behaviors of, of people. I, I, I think that maybe there is something to that if you can advance your own psi abilities, but I'm sure it takes a tremendous amount of training and tremendous amount of discipline. To any of my listeners or my uh, better experienced 
people and friends out there. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Hit me up. Let me know. Is this possible? Do you think it's possible? Have you ever done it? If you have, would you like to come on the air and talk about it? Uh, again, I think that would make for a great discussion on the show. All right. I spent enough time on this one, guys. Uh, still with Unknown Country, Whitley Strieber. He has a, um, a, a journal entry up. This is from February 26th. I'm sharing it just because part of it is relevant for me, and maybe it's not something I should share. But the article's titled A New Close Encounter, and I encourage you to check it out. Um, I'll have it linked in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net and in the secret newsletter. I'm, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to start down towards the middle. But he talks about the house that he's staying in and how he's had encounters in this house before, and a friend was recently there, and she had an encounter. Um, if you've ever read Ridley Whitley's books, you understand the significance of some of the places he um, he's lived in and he visits. So I'm about halfway through the article. He says, I did my 11 p.m. sensing exercise and meditation without incident, then turned in at about 11.45. I woke up again at 3.30 and repeated the process until about 4 when I noticed the lights flickering in the backyard. It was obvious that somebody was approaching the house from the back. As I stood up, I heard footsteps on an outside stairway that leads to areas to area of the front of the bedrooms, to the front bedrooms. As I hurried to that door, I saw three flashlights in the backyard. The people carrying them were in a line, and I could see two of them. They were wearing black clothes, but not uniforms. My impression was that they were male, but I have no way to be certain. They looked human. Now I was afraid that these were prowlers. Although it had been over 80 years since there was any intrusions in the house, when I reached the doorway onto the back porch that leads to the front bedrooms, I opened the wooden door, and there stood a man on the other side of the screen, who had a vertically striped shirt that might have had a light that might have had light brown hair. His eyes were sharp with fear. As I tried to lock the screen, I told him that my wife was in the next room and she had a gun. Not true. But I felt Anne's presence very strongly, and I felt that she was protecting me or watching over me. The man began trying to whistle. I could see that from the way he was puckering his lips. Clearly, he was getting more frightened as I continued to stare at him. The next thing I knew, it was morning, and I was waking up in bed. As I woke up, I saw in my mind's eye a clear image of a man wearing a bright, broadly striped uh, orange-white shirt. He looked at me quite frankly and calmly. In that moment, I remembered the incident that had taken place a few hours before, but not anything that might have happened after I apparently had a missing time experience due to the tone the man was generating with his mouth. Since it was demonstrated to me by two individuals in France in 1995, seen my book Supernatural, I have known that it is done with a tone. All right, I'm going to stop there. Um, I, I wanted to share that piece because I think it's interesting. Um, he always has these wild experiences with missing time, and, and but there's information there on how this happens, how these things take, how these events take place. Um, and I think it's important to make a mental note that it's possibly done with a tone. Have you ever gotten those ringings in your ears? Now, I know science will tell you there's some kind of reason for it. I'm not talking about if you have tinnitus. Just you get these random ringings. I hear them all the time, and I feel like sometimes maybe we're getting some kind of attunement or some kind of information. But we know that sound is a frequency, and, a fr and we are energy. We're frequencies. We're vibrations. So it makes sense to me that a tone could have that impact and cause you to black out, to have missing time, um, you know, or something of that nature if you're, if you're talking about frequency and vibration. So I think that's interesting to note. And then he goes in to talk about other things that have happened that have compelled him to understand he needs to have this book done by the end of March. I'm sharing that because I 
I felt it for a while. I already feel that I've almost missed my deadline for food for the Archons. Um, I am very, very close to being completely done with this project. Um, very, very close. Uh, I'm in the formatting portion of that now. So um, I feel that pull, and I feel it coming from somewhere outside of myself. I felt it for a long time. I, I don't know what more to say other than his story resonated with me. Now, I'm not Whitley Strieber. I haven't had his experiences. Um, I feel that I'm on a much smaller scale than what he's working at, but I do find comfort in hearing his, and maybe I'm not as crazy as I feel sometimes. All right. Uh, next story, beware. This is from Breitbart. Amazon is on a digital book-burning spree. Under pressure from left-wing journalists and activists, Amazon is purging right-wing authors from its store, including a book co-authored by English Islam critic and independent commenter Tommy Robinson. So I will share that. I'm just going to leave this uh, link for you to review. But we're, we're seeing it. You know, a lot of us are moving as, as things progress, as we're moving to the technological age of AI and automation, more and more people are turning to the Internet as a form of their livelihood. The scary thing is it's easy to be shut down and blocked out. And I think you have to be mindful of that. If you are an influencer, if you are somebody who depends on your income coming from the Internet, you know, at some point, sometimes you got to toe the line, you got to play by the rules, or you have to have a backup plan. You have to make sure that you are on a platform where your free speech is protected. Now, I would, exp I thought Amazon would be a company where free speech would be protected. Now, they're banning, I, I want to be careful with what I'm saying here so it doesn't get misinterpreted. They're banning white supremacist literature from what I'm reading. I am not a white supremacist. I do not support white supremacy. Let me give that caveat. But I do support free speech. And I think it's concerning when you start banning people based on their beliefs and their opinions. When we live in what we're told is the land of the free and the home of the brave, which is a beautiful thing. But where does it end? Where do you draw the line? Who gets to say what's offensive and what's not? And at what point will that be turned over to an AI? If we look at my older threads, things that I've also covered. So be mindful for those of you that are working out there in cyberspace. Make sure you're on a platform where you can say what you're saying. And, and again, it's tough to know right now because these platforms are all privately owned. They may change. They, they, they may just change. They may get bought out. You just don't know. So have a backup plan. All right. Or save your money really well. Uh, another thing, I'll save this in the show notes. I think it's important. A powerful, this is from TechCrunch.com. A powerful spyware app now targets iPhone owners. Again, just, you, you know, read the article. I'll have the link. Um, but be mindful of, don't just download a bunch of random apps onto your phone. Make sure it's credible. Make sure, you know, it's something that's from a trustworthy source because... Because these apps, um, you know, we already know that the iPhone is compromised when it's coming out of the factory. So you need to be careful of what you're saying, what you're putting on there. 
um, in the conversations you're having in the presence of your iPhone or of any technology nowadays, and technology is everywhere. So I'll have this link. You can check it out, find out what the app was in the show notes. All right, last one. This comes from, I've seen it all over. This is, I pulled the article from relevantmagazine.com, but I saw CNN covered it, USA Today. Uh, and this will be a good segue into kind of what I want to talk about. Study, number of children going to the ER for suicidal thoughts has doubled since 2007. How concerning is that? Children. Researchers using data from the National Hospital Ambulatory Medical Care Survey found that the number of children who went to the emergency room for suicidal thoughts and attempts doubled between 2007 and 2015. The study analyzed 300 emergency rooms and patients between the ages of 5 and 18, 5 years old. They diagnosed with suicidal ideation or attempts. In 2007, the ERs received 580,000 such cases. 2015, that number had rocketed up to 1.12 million. This hits really close to home for me. I, I have a, a lot of personal experience um, with suicide, with people I care about, people I've worked with. Um, as a police officer, I did a lot of interventions with suicide. As a teacher, I did a lot of interventions with suicide. And people that I, I care very deeply for or have cared very deeply for have gone down that road. Um, it's a real phenomenon. You know, and I think... In America, we need to understand, uh, in Western medicine, mental illness is not a choice. You can't just snap out of it. I've battled with depression. I've shared some of it on the air with all of you out there. Um, it, it's, 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 it's just like, it's, it's like when you walk into the emergency room saying, I'm having chest pains. They can't, and somebody says to you, you need to stop ha making your chest hurt. You need to get over it. Well, I'm having a heart attack. When you're in mental health crisis, they are chemically, mentally, they're incapable of just getting over it, just talking themselves out of it. It's not a choice to feel that way and to have those thoughts. There are things that can be done in, in certain cases to help them through that, but it's not a choice. Why is it rising? I'm going to look at the metaphysical stuff. I'm going to my, that's where my mind automatically goes because that's what I'm interested in. Um, you know, we, we can we can give a lot of reasons. They're they're talking about um, the reasons behind the spike are multifarious and complicated. Researchers say it's true that kids today feel more pressure to succeed academically and prepare for a career, but that's only part of it. The rise of cyberbullying, which a Pew Research study says 59% of kids report being victim of victims of may also be a contributing factor. And maybe it is. Maybe it's this use of technology in our lives that's changing our, our brain waves, our brain patterns. Uh, you know, I know I've gone through depressions and realized even over the last year when I'm doing that, I'm quickly going to Facebook and social media and looking for that quick shot of dopamine. And then when I'm not getting what I'm looking for, I'm feeling down. You know, if you're looking for social media to get your feedback especially there was a time when I was really pushing the show and pushing my content and when I wasn't getting a like or a comment or anything it was making me feel depressed um, so maybe that does have something to do with it we need to be careful with that with especially with our children as, a, as an educator I spent 11 years teaching emotional support uh, in some of our most challenging schools in Pennsylvania um, working with students with mental health challenges uh, and it's bad. 
and I think that our, you know, my first book t- gets into the, the war on education and the lack of an investment in our children and in our future. And that's something we need to be mindful of. And for me, that was an indicator and a warning of where our country may be going when you're not investing in the youth. What does that tell us about the future of our society? And I talk all about that in my other book, Service. I'm not going to go down that road right now. Um, but this is something I think we need to pay attention to. The upscale to this, the, you know, we are seeing now, which I'm excited about, um, they're, they're doing clinical trials now. I saw out in the Midwest and, and other universities, um, psilocybin, and I have talked about that, the magic mushroom uh, in treating depression. I've covered shows on that where they're saying uh, one microdose of, of psilocybin you know, the magic mushroom in a controlled setting, in a clinical setting, um, is showing a reduction in symptoms of depression that's resistant to traditional treatments by up to 80% and lasting six to eight months from one dose. So, uh, you know, you're seeing results. I've talked about CBD oil. Um, so we are seeing these things coming out, um, you know, and, and the studies that look at uh, use of ayahuasca in helping to deal with that as well. I think there is some real benefit um, to, uh, I'd say, traditional treatments, plant medicine, if you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing. And I'm not saying go out and break the law and take a controlled substance, but in the areas that it's legal, if you can get there, um, you know, working with a professional, you might find some benefit there. But do your own research. Of course, I'm, I'm a nobody, uh, so do your own research on that. But I think there's something to it, and and I, you know, you, you hear this, you've heard heard the accounts of somebody who was dealing with mental illness. A, a, a shaman in in the ancient cultures may look at that and say, "Well, you need to learn to process the energies that are coming your way now," and they would be able to coach them and guide them through that. And that's kind of a, the segue of where I want to get to with what I wanted to talk about tonight a little bit how you guys have heard how I've been kind of on a roller coaster um, just with with life really with my kids being sick with uh, taking on working with you know the crypto viewing team um, you know working on the book and just all the other psychic stuff that I have going on not that I'm a great psychic really Uh, I'm not I, I just I rely on my sixth sense in everything that I do and I feel that over the past month, my sixth sense became overwhelmed and overburdened, and it shut down on me. Um, You know, I I stopped seeing auras. I stopped getting feelings about people. I stopped getting intuitive drives and directions, um, you know, kind of how I navigate through things. And it's the equivalent of, I'm not going to go as far as to say it was the equivalent of going blind, but I would say it was the equivalent of losing my sense of smell. You do rely on your sense of smell, um, you know, and your sense of taste pretty regularly throughout the day. I rely on my sixth sense so much throughout the day, um, and it was gone. It was just completely gone. And it was, and then th- realizing that it was gone, realizing that I couldn't access it, was stressing me out even more. Um, and, and so, what do you do? What do you do when you feel that you've become overburdened, overtaxed? Or attacked? Are you dealing with a parasite situation? Are you dealing with um, some kind of psychic attack, as we talked about in the beginning, with the psychic warfare stuff coming out of Russia? How do you handle that? Now, I know there's a lot of books out there 
um, and everybody is going to tell you something differently. And at the core of this, let's call it science right now, the sci- I'd say if there's a science behind this, I think what it would find is it doesn't matter what you do. I think it's more about the intention behind what you're doing. If you work with crystals, then it's your belief and your intention in using those crystals. If you are one that is, is big into grounding, then it's your belief and, and intention behind the grounding. It's whatever it is that you do that I think can give you some benefit. Um, I have read some techniques on different ways to ground yourself psychically. Some people imagine their feet just dumping energy into the ground, walking barefoot, connecting with the earth, um, imagining you know, balls of energy going into your body and cleansing all the toxic stuff that's in there. Uh, having a Reiki session done is, is, is a great thing as well. Um, as a Reiki practitioner myself, what I have been doing is doing, uh, I've been giving myself Reiki sessions. I, I committed about a week ago. I said, that's it. I need to reconnect. I, I put a stop on everything. I, st- I gave myself time. It's at those times that we feel most overtaxed and overworked, sometimes when you really need to just drop everything and focus on you for 20 minutes if you can, an hour would be great. And I started at night just doing a, a chakra meditation, a chakra Reiki session, where I'm, I'm just giving energy to my different chakra points and I'm opening myself up because I just felt so many blockages. And the first night I did it, I was then comfortable enough to have a conversation with a trusted friend um, about some of the stress in my life. And that was another release for me to have that discussion about, you know, just stress about my kids being sick and all the projects I got. You know, just sometimes just talking to somebody, getting validation that it's okay to feel what you're feeling, I felt another release, and I felt myself opening up uh, a little bit more. And, and honestly, you know, I'll tell you, I, I like to take a bath once in a while, and, and I just soaked in the tub, and I felt even more relaxed. Um, and I got out, I, got, I, I started exercising even harder, went for a run, took a walk. Um, you know, I live in the mountains, so I was able to walk through nature. Um, and, it, and it was really helpful for me to do that. And, and we need to do that sometimes because we get bogged down from our jobs, from our lives, you know, from our thoughts. I noticed I, I had, this doesn't happen often, but I had th- thoughts that I just couldn't shut off. My, my brain would not shut off. So taking the time to meditate, and I told myself for the next 20 minutes, I'm not, a dad, I'm not a husband, I'm not a podcast host, I'm not an author, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a real estate agent. <clears throat> right now, I'm just being present in the moment. And that makes such a difference when you don't have to care about anything and you can quiet your mind. You can really shut that stuff out. When you tell them the next 20 minutes, I'm shutting my phone off and all that matters is my breath and my Reiki. And that it helped me. It really did. I'm still not where I want to be. Um, I'm still building back up to where I was, but I've definitely noticed a difference, uh, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, so I'm curious what you do when you're dealing with those uh, those stressors. But it, it's a real thing, you know. Um, our energy, our thoughts, they have an impact on us, and uh, they can they can weigh us down. And I think. One of the things that I've, I've learned in dealing with depression and PTSD 
is to pay attention to your thoughts and, and your emotions and how they play off of one another. Your thoughts and your emotions play off of one another. Because sometimes you can notice a thought and realize where it's going. And you can stop it before it gets to that point. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes life says, here, catch. And then it takes you a month to put the pieces back together. Um, you know, as I explained last last week, uh, life had been a little bit challenging for me over the past two months. But I was finally able to, I think, take some time um, and meditate, really meditate, and ground myself, and it, and it helped. It helped a lot. So um, if you're out there, if you're going through it, you know, what's that saying? If you're going through hell, keep going. Um, you know, I'm going to say if you're going through hell, stop and breathe. And I think you'll realize that you can find some inner peace. It was one of the, it was, a, it was a great lesson I learned when I was in boot camp. I was put in charge, you know, I was, I was 18 years old and they made me a platoon leader. I was in charge of 30 soldiers. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. I thought being in charge just meant screaming at each other, at everybody. But in addition to being in charge, being responsible for everybody, and I didn't know how to delegate yet, so I thought I had to micromanage 30 soldiers. So I was terrible. Um, I had to, I was in charge of road guard duty. So I had to make sure our road guards were assigned in the morning, that everybody had a vest, everybody had a flashlight. In addition, I had to wait, get up in the morning when they woke us up, make my bed, get my uniform on, squared away, adjust, you know, organize my wall locker, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, all this stuff. You had like four minutes to do it. So one day, and they're screaming at you the whole time. And one day, as, as they're going off and screaming, I just said to myself, I said, they're intentionally not giving us enough time to get everything done. I'm going to pause for a minute. I'm going to give myself 10 seconds to breathe. And in those 10 seconds, I'm going to just make a list of the things that need to get done, and I'm going to go do them. And I'll get them done when I get them done. I'm going to do it as fast as I can, but I'm going to give myself those 10 seconds. And I found that when I was able to do that, I stopped focusing on the amount of time I had. I stopped focusing on the fact that somebody was screaming at me to get it done. And I was able to just focus on what I needed to do. And it took the fear away. It took the pressure away. And I got it done. And I ended up holding that position throughout the entire time I was in boot camp because I was able to keep myself calm and realize I was in control of my reaction to the stress. Sometimes it's not easy to do, but there's something to that. So if you're, if you're going through that, pause, take some breaths, listen to Ray Davis's affirmations in the morning, find some positivity, and I think you can get through it. This is not an easy journey as a truth seeker. Sometimes we come into information that can overwhelm us. Last week I was, uh, I was doing that show about earth changes. I'm feeling a little bit calmer now because I've been meditating all week um, and, and grounding myself. I'm not responding to fear anymore. Last week I was, I was fear-based. I was reacting to fear. and That's never a good place to be, but I recognized it. I knew that I was responding to fear. It helps me to do the show and talk about it. It helps me to get it out. Am I just rambling now? I'm having one of those moments. I feel like I'm rambling. But when you feel that disconnect, that psychic disconnect, that's significant. 
and that may be a defense mechanism of your body um, because sometimes when we're down in that lowly state, our energy is vulnerable to attack or to further siphoning or draining or manipulation. So maybe shutting down was for my own protection. But the last thing I want to comment on, as I've been writing Food for the Archons, one of the passages, and I, I think I reviewed it a couple weeks ago, I did a, a, a Gnostic um, podcast when Adam and Eve were cast out of the Garden of Eden. What happened was they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they suddenly understood that they had been made ignorant. What the archons did is they, they, they put a spell over them, basically, and, and made them ignorant, not understanding that they had the power of the gods. And when the serpent came to them and liberated them, according to the Gnostic text, and, and told them to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they did, and they realized that they had been deceived what the Archons did was cast them out of the garden. Now, the, the Genesis version will tell you that God cast mankind out of the garden. But it goes on to state that they were cast out of the garden and thrown into a life of chaos and turmoil. And it says, so they would be distracted from matters of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I go into uh, a little bit of detail in this in, in, the, uh, in the book talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, I was raised Catholic, and Holy Spirit is something that was thrown around a lot. Um, you know, I'm no longer Catholic. I'm no longer religious, but I realized I had no idea what the Holy Spirit even is. Uh, I, I spent all these years learning about it, and every day you bless yourself multiple times a day in the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what the heck is the Holy Spirit? And it wasn't until I, I had a I got my Reiki attunement that my instructor said um, that he was told psychically he heard a voice in his head tell him that Reiki was the Holy Spirit. Now Reiki comes under diff many different names, um, prana in uh, was in Hindu, um, chi in the Chinese tradition. It can be referred to as your life force, your biosphere. You know, the Japanese refer to it as Reiki, um, as your life energy. But it got me thinking, well, maybe that's what the Holy Spirit is. Maybe that's what they're referring to, is it's this inner life force that, uh, I think a great example would be Star Wars, the force that's everywhere, right? I, I think that might be something similar to what the Holy Spirit might be, what Reiki may be. Um, and think about everybody who goes through life not being aware of it, not being aware of it in the context that I refer to it in this show, our sixth sense, our psychic ability, our psychic connection to this universe. The, the archons threw Adam and Eve out of the garden so they'd be distracted from matters of the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm not trying to use a religious term. I'm not promoting religion here. You guys know that. But... I had that phrase echoing in my mind over the last month. I'm distracted from matters of the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid of earth changes, and now I'm not able to meditate. I'm not able to learn through my intuition. I no longer have that access to that information that I was getting, that data stream that was coming to me, because I was so 
preoccupied with the fear stuff. See, the thing with, in, in, in my experience, at least, with psychic data and psychic information, I used to think that, you know, you'd roll back into trance and your eyes rolling ahead and you'd start levitating and talking in tongues and then all this information would come out. And for some people, I, I know some mediums, their method, I mean, they're in, they're in a state, they're, you know, and, and it's not them that's talking, people who channel. Um, but not everybody gets data like that. What I've found is that it's, it's so subtle, it could be dismissed as your imagination. As a, a, an image pops in your head and then goes away, and then a thousand other images come through, it's easy to lose that information that comes to you. So now, if you're not trained or attuned or used to picking out that nanosecond of a detail that flashed through your mind, you're going to lose it. Now throw in life stress. Now throw in fear and just never-ending thoughts, repeating thoughts running through your head. You lose it. You miss it. You're distracted from matters of the Holy Spirit. You're distracted from the data stream. You're distracted from the flow of information. That's why it's important every day, I, and, and I, I do, I w every day I wake up and I meditate. But when you're going through that stress, no matter how busy you are, how preoccupied you are, stop and find a way to clear your mind, to calm your mind, to calm yourself, to reconnect with your energy, to build your energy through taking those 20 minutes to meditating, to talking to a friend, to getting the stressful stuff out, and then finding a way to reconnect. And if there's bad stuff on the horizon moving forward, I encourage you to find a way to do those meditations, to meditate, to reconnect, because that can be your guide. Even when my daughter was sick, I had a tough time. I really did, but on, there was a few occasions when I was able to sit and give her some Reiki. I was able to calm myself enough to give her Reiki. I felt better, even though I was still scared for her. I felt better after the session, and I felt confident, and I felt connected. But then the fear would take over again because she was still throwing up, and she had diarrhea, and, and I'd become so focused on that chaos, I'd lose the connection again. So I get it. Sometimes life throws us those curveballs. Um, but if you can find a way to, to maintain that connection uh, and, and sidestep the fear, then I think you can better navigate the challenges that life throws our way. Uh, and there's a lot more to this in terms of psychic defense. You know, some people prefer to use prayer. Um, and again, I think the power of prayer comes from belief and intention. Some people use talismans, protective symbols, but I believe, I believe that those symbols have power based on the belief that they have power. doesn't mean they don't work. I'm not saying that at all. It's whatever works for you because a symbol gives you the ability to focus your intent and your belief into what you're doing. All right, friends, I'm starting to talk in circles here. I think I've talked your ears off enough. Um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know what works for you. Have you ever had this experience? What is your best recommendation for psychic defense or just maybe I need to charge just psychic recharging might be a better uh, label for this show. We'll see. I'm about out of time. Make sure you're checking out sixcentsmedia.net. 
Check out Ray Davis of the Affirmation Spot. Check out his book, Anunnaki Awakening. Get my free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. Subscribe. Get the free secret newsletter sent to your inbox every single Sunday, with the exception of the last month or so. I've been off a couple weeks. Uh, and, and also check out the crypto viewing team. The April predictions are out. It's well worth your time. Check out what they're doing with the cryptocurrency predictions as well. The market is changing, my friends. I have to give the plug because I think it's important. All right, my friends, have a wonderful week. I'll be back next week. I'm Dennis Nabby II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you. I'm <laughs> sorry.